We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. If you don't know by now, I am Kel Dansby. Yeah, man. If you don't, if you're listening to the show for the first time, I'm Andreas Hill. But if you've been listening, I know you're sick of hearing that shit. I'm telling you, but we're not switching it up because this is how we got. This is called an intro. You guys are used to it. We're not changing it. So you by now, you know you're here to listen to hip hop, MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling talk because that's what we do on the corner. It's actually been a quiet week. In all four aspects for us. So we get to kind of talk about whatever we want to talk about. Um, I know Andreas is about to go out of town before we have a crazy week next week with tons of pro wrestling and UFC 202. Yeah, man. I, I gotta, I'm taking a trip to San Diego. I can get the hell out of here for a few days. I'm going to come back just in time for, for Thursday's uh, media day for 202. And then Friday we got ROH. And then Saturday we got... UFC 202 and TakeOver, and then Sunday we got SummerSlam. This is ridiculous. Oh, it's going to be one hell of a weekend. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I like being busy. This past two weeks it kind of felt weird. Uh, really? Yeah, man. It's time for us to get back back on it and man. pick back up. I, I guess we don't have anything really in September. Nah, I mean, no. No, <laughs> like, I mean. <laughs> we we yeah. really don't. We got, we got what, uh, UFC 203 in September, the debut of CM Punk. Oh, we could... Oh, almost forgot. We gotta we gotta talk about CM Punk. Oh, Every, yeah, the documentary. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> so we'll we'll definitely touch on all of that. Real quick though, one thing that has captivated the nation and something we don't talk about often on the show, but we have some extra time today. What do you think about the Olympics so far? Are you an Olympics guy? Is this something you watch? Are you glued to your television every four years? Nope. I am uh dude, when I was a kid, I used to watch the Olympics 
all day. Like, I would watch Dan and Dave back in the day. Like, I would watch all that shit. <laughs> now, I don't give a shit. I, like, I don't watch Olympic basketball. Like, it's just the men just beating the shit out of people. That's boring. Um, the only thing that I do watch is women's gymnastics. This is the only thing I care about in the Olympics. Which is great. To- you don't watch swimming, though? Swimming's Hell no. Swimming's I don't dumb. watch... Oh, man. I don't watch swimming. I don't watch none of that shit. Say what you want. I just don't care. Like, I got enough shit to watch every day. Like, 24-hour coverage of the Olympics? Nah, man. I just need to see if, if Simone and the rest of the girls get it done. And they, those girls have been getting it done. Oh, light work, too. Um, sweeping the board for them. And then, you know, like, there's wrestling, though. There's judo. People we're going to have to cover in three years. I'm surprised you're not a heavy Olympic guy. Nah, I don't give a shit about it. Look, I, I, somebody tells me, yo, you need to watch this cat in judo. Fine, I'll do it. If you, I need to watch a wrestler, cool. But I'm not going to sit there. Like, then the schedule's so haphazard because I don't know when shit comes on, when it goes off. I don't, like, I don't know if it's on tape delay. I don't know what I'm watching. So I just be like, screw it, and I'm watching G1 Climax. That's, that's my <laughs> It's all on tape delay. No, I don't care. <laughs> I, don't watch, I, don't watch the, I don't watch boxing. I watch no Olympics. I can't I just, stomach Olympic boxing. It, it no. just makes no sense to me. I, I don't have the patience to sit down and understand how they score things and why every year the best person gets robbed. Yeah, that's why I can't watch it. I remember watching Roy Jones lose, and I was like, what happened? And then from that point, I was like, I ain't watching this shit no more. I went so, back and watched the Floyd fight when Floyd lost. I, I'm yeah. still baffled by that. You know, the only, the only person I remember watching recently was Vasil Lomachenko because everybody talked about him. And to watch him in back-to-back Olympics take home the gold, I was like, damn, he's going to be for real. And he's, he's for real. Most Olympic boxers and amateur boxers as a whole don't translate well into professional boxing. But that guy definitely, definitely did. No, yeah. So it's interesting to see who's like the next guy up. But that's what we have undercards for and stuff that we sit through. The Olympics, uh, I don't got to sit in front of my TV either. I just thought you would be an Olympic type of guy. Nah, bro. <laughs> no Olympics over here. Yo, when, when I have slow weeks, I catch up on television. Like, I caught up. I finally finished season two of Better Call Saul, which was phenomenal. I said I watched, um, what else did I watch this week? Caught up on Power. Um, Yo, I got to watch that new Netflix show. What is it? Stranger? Stranger Things? I haven't Stranger finished Things. yet. I'm like, I'm like three episodes in, and it's really good. And I have to, like, for me, I have a problem. When, when a show comes on that I like, I can't stop watching it. So what happens <laughs> is that something will come out, like Netflix is the worst for that. Like Orange is the New Black, I watched it in like two days. Like The Get Down premieres tomorrow, which is Friday, which I'm super excited about. It looks um, amazing. Like I was looking at that, I was like, damn, they got me again. Yeah, so I know I'm going to sit through, like that's going to be part of my weekend until I hit the road on Sunday. But like I, I catch up on television. Like I can't, I'm a TV guy. I think me and you, we talked about this at a fight. I don't think I've really talked about it on the show. I watch a lot of shows on television. I'm big on like stories and narratives and how things are written. Like the Olympics just gets in the way of all that. So I have to like I, I watch Power. I'm not terribly pleased with that show. Um, I don't know how the rest of the world feels about it. I, I think the, the fact that 50 Cent is still on the show is really irksome. But whatever. Um, that's that's my Olympics, man. Like just I, I, I marathon my way through binge watching shows. That's what I do. Yeah, I mean, I just finished uh, Last Chance You, which was only six episodes, just kind of whack. Uh, I wish it was longer, but, you know, it's football season for me. So I was that. I heard that, that was good. It, it was, was good. great, yo. Great look at uh, Juco football. And 
the inner workings of how things happen there because a lot of the major athletes come from junior college. Oh, you look at a guy even in combat sports like John Jones. Right. And it's a different world because some of the best athletes are in the JUCO ranks and they can't qualify for the NCAA. They don't have the grades. And that's the only thing separating them from the people that you see playing on Saturdays. And it's crazy to see the transition. And Cam Newton went, you know, to junior college and won the national championship there. And some of these people are going to be future stars. So it's crazy to see the process. And, you know, they're horrible students. And just seeing how they go and how they manage them and try to push them on to the next level, it was bananas. So that was a great one. And that's why I haven't watched, you know, the Stranger Things joint yet. Yeah. Um, it's like it's three, I'm three episodes in and I'm like I'm hooked and I'm like yo okay I need to sit down and watch this because as soon as I like like I said once I'm in I'm I'm in it um, just randomly were you a Friday Night Lights guy? Uh, movie not series no nope. what C- couldn't do the series what the series is so much better than the movie it's like I'm gonna I will argue that is is perhaps one of the ten best series ever on television wow. I I have to check it out. I'll give it another chance, but um, I, I couldn't do it. To How me, much did you watch? I, I'm not gonna say I watched a lot. I probably watched like three episodes. Uh, no, Lost yeah, you, you need to like sit down, watch Friday Night Lights. It's on Netflix, <laughs> and like Friday Night Lights, especially as like, it to me, on. it felt like One Tree Hill. Like I want uh, my uh, football uh, to be football. No, 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 sir. You need to sit down and watch that show. That show is is Texas football. That show, I mean, the, I mean, they talk about racial divides later in this. Man, the show is so so good. And I was late. I was late to the party. I kept hearing about it, and I was like, eh, like television football doesn't really do it for me because I feel like it's corny. Yeah. But that show, that yeah. show was the shit. I'll check it out. Like you know, when I'm not watching wrestling right now because we're on wrestling overload. Uh, I'm knee deep in football. Uh, people, listeners to podcasts probably don't know, but I coach. As well, you know, that's kind of like my, my hobby every year. So I coach high school football. And our season's coming up, so I practice in the morning. Then I come home and watch wrestling all night and write and prepare for craziness. So I'm like on wrestling and football overload. So it's definitely a series. You know, I'll sit down and check it out because that's all I've been doing is writing and binge-watching stuff on Netflix. Dude, I promise you, watch Friday Night Lights. It is one of the best shows on television. The intro alone, the theme music alone is like <laughs> one of the best things, like, Yo, on Two Dope Boys, we're getting ready to do like the best intros in television because we were talking about how catchy the power theme is. And the intro to Friday Night Lights is like something, dog, that show, you have to watch the show. Being a football guy and you not watching that show and talk about the movie, yo, you have to watch the show. I will discredit you as a coach until you watch that show. <laughs> I'll watch it then and I'll get back to you and the listeners. Um, one thing I did see this week that's kind of more in our realm was some great trash talking. Conor McGregor. Instantly, overnight, became the biggest heel in the WWE. Overnight, the guy got heat. Him and Eva Marie are like eye to eye right now. Yeah, yo, Conor McGregor's a smart man. Basically, he called the WWE roster a bunch of pussies and <laughs> smacked them all in twice on Sundays. And it drew the ire of the entire WWE who fired back on Twitter. Um, but, dude, this is Conor McGregor just doing heel shit. You know, he's like a hood rat doing hood rat things. Yeah. And he's just <laughs> doing hood rat things with his friends. Yeah, like, and, and, you know, that conference call, that question, what do you think he was going to do? You think Conor McGregor's like, yes, one day I dreamed to be in the WWE? No, he's going to call him a bunch of fucking punks. That's yeah. Conor McGregor. Like, he's built for a WWE run if he loses an AB ass. He can go cash a check with Vince immediately. 
Yeah, I mean, Connor is in a different different world, man. Because right now, it's crazy because at one point, people were like, oh, him and Nate, they're so complimentary of each other, especially on the conference call and everything. And they're just like, oh, the heat's not there from the first fight. Where's the trash talk? We need to hype it up. And then Connor just brings out a one-liner, and boom, there goes all the press you need, all the pub you need right there. So yeah. it doesn't take much for this guy to just captivate, you know, Twitter, the both different i guess you know both different mediums at once and they're com- they're competing that weekend for viewers for eyes and connor instantly was the center of both worlds something they wanted brock lesnar to do but he got popped for steroids and he's disappeared for damn near both worlds oh yeah i mean the smartest man in the room is connor mcgregor he knows what to do nobody else really understands this delicate balancing act of how to be mainstream and then still relate to the MMA audience at the same time. Guys don't really know how to do it. Chael Sonnen had it, but then you got to win on top of that. And the fact that Conor continues to win, well, continued to win, yeah, meant a lot. He has to prove it. Yeah. One more I mean, time next weekend. I've got, like, I've got a piece on Shared Dog. I, I don't even know if it's up yet, but the UFC can't afford to have Conor McGregor lose. And people are going to say that the UFC is, you know, that they'll stand on their own and people come for the fights. That's bullshit. Stars make sports. Conor can't afford, like, the UFC can't afford for Conor McGregor to lose this fight. See, I'm writing a similar article today. As a matter of fact, it's just, yo, it really is true. That, like, people will say, like, oh, the UFC's not built on stars, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is this. Sports are ran by their stars. And the reason why the UFC was able to sell for $4 billion was because of Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey. Like, I don't care what anybody says, the quality of fights, the champions, nobody gives a shit about that. Mainstream America cares about superstars. Conor McGregor is a superstar. Yeah, people will say, well, Nate Diaz, he could be a superstar too. No. no because no. Nate Diaz is not even top three in the lightweight division. Like, he would have to go on an incredible run to be considered a superstar. Conor McGregor has just something that nobody else has. And, and he, they, the UFC, I mean, cheat, hook, crook, do something. Conor McGregor has to win this fight on Saturday, next Saturday. Well, I mean, they did what they had to do. They gave him a full camp and let him focus. Because once well, yeah. again, you know, 10 days. They say what you want, but you're preparing for someone completely different stylistically than the person you spent three months training for. Or yep. two months in Connor's case, and that was a quick turnaround. And then 10 days before, you're facing someone with a completely different skill set. A completely different weight class, and it's just like, here, go and win again, because you just always win. No, it doesn't work like that. So now is the true test. Will Nate Diaz be more prepared? Sure. But when one person's at 100% and the other person's at 100%, and you both game plan, that's when we get to see the true fight. And we'll save our predictions and everything for next week. But uh, it's not going to be like the first one. I'll tell fans that all the time. It's not going to be like the first one. Don't fall for the okey-doke. Yeah, you know, the betting people, they're going to look at, you know, the, the highs. The line is extremely close right now. I think they're both at like a minus 110 or 125. So there's really no money to be made in betting in this fight. But It's the best odds you can get for Conor McGregor, though. It's no different than when Floyd dropped down for Pacquiao. And they were like, oh, it's still not a great bet, but it's the best you're going to get for him. So if you believe in his skills and that he's that great, you jump on this. Well, you find value elsewhere. Like if you're the if you're a betting type of guy, like you find value in an early knockout or a submission. Because I mean, yeah, we will talk about this next week more in depth. But Conor McGregor, a prepared Conor McGregor, like a lot of us didn't give Nate Diaz a shot. We'll all be honest, we didn't. We didn't see this coming because we thought extremely highly of Conor McGregor and his talent. 
but the weight was a huge deal. And people will say, well, no, what? Well, yes, it was. Like when you ask a guy to go up one weight class, that's fine. But then when you tell him to change his diet, he doesn't need to cut weight anymore. It takes him out of his routine. So he was, he was a different fighter. He gassed out. He learned quickly how, I mean, his ego got put in check. The fact that he couldn't put Diaz away in a, in a round or two made him realize, like, shit, I'm in over my head. He won't make the same mistake this time. We'll save our predictions next week for 202 because it's a pretty decent card. But, yeah, Conor McGregor knows exactly what he's doing. Smartest guy in the room. Got the WWE pissed off at him. Um, and we'll see. We'll see if Conor McGregor ends up at WrestleMania next year. Oh, that'd be great. I just want Conor McGregor, Finn Balor, both having titles, walking down the ramp at WrestleMania. Mm, That's that'd... it. Just Irish invasion. And the screen just has to read, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. And then just give us the heartbeat. Demon Finn. Crazy. I'm ready for it. Vince cut the check. I got ideas. Wow. Uh, we got McGregor workouts tomorrow. So actually next week's show is going to be a lot of McGregor talk, as everyone can expect. Um, press conference, like you mentioned. We also have the open workouts, media day, and everything coming up. Another big thing, not only for Conor McGregor, but fighters across the UFC, is the union. And that's something we just found out about not too long ago before we recorded the podcast. Uh, mixed emotions still about the union. I've been calling for a fighters union for a good two years now. As soon as the UFC, really, since they signed that Reebok contract a little bit before, it was just like, you know what? They're moving towards being a professional organization. They want to be the NBA. They want to be the NFL. And... The fighters now have to treat themselves like players in a professional organization. And to do so, you need a union. What's the mixed emotions? The mixed emotions come for... I'm not exactly positive from everything I've been hearing, um, from stuff that I have to research and write about, that the guys on top are all in on this union. And that's the biggest thing that they needed. You can't be divisive. Will Conor McGregor jump in on union issues when he's making $10 million? Or what if you limit his opportunities because other people don't have them, even outside of fighting? So what if it's universal that you can do, you know, 20 hours of press the week before your fight or, you know, three weeks before your fight, which is great. But some people get a lot of money off of that. So you're limiting the stars at some point, And I don't want the stars to really hold back from the union. In the NFL, the stars work with the union. NBA, Chris Paul is a union head and representative. Um, they need the stars to buy in. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to have a star sitting at top. Like, you can't, you can't have a bunch of grunts doing grunt work trying to tell millionaires how to make their money. It just doesn't work like that. That's in politics. That's in everything else. you got to have somebody with some money sitting at the top. Um, but, yeah, this is a necessary evil. I mean, you know, you, don't, you never know. If the Players Union acts, acts right, you can, could have a UFC lockout. Wouldn't that be interesting? Um, oh, Dana would love that shit. <laughs> but, they, I mean, it's necessary. Between USADA drug testing, between fighter pay, which, I mean, is, is the foundation of all of this. Like, I'm, I'm sitting around in... Uh, just kind of looking at fighter purses, looking at how much Andre Ward made this weekend, uh, looking at how much Terrence Crawford made. And Terrence Crawford made the, co the comment that, you know, he'd never be an MMA fighter because they don't make enough money. And, the, and it's true. I mean, granted, all boxers don't make a ton of money. Most of them make next to nothing. 
But in the UFC, you would like to see guys make more money, especially when you're competing three or four times a year. I mean, you know, between training camps, injuries, you know, no health insurance, that's another thing they got to look at. That's killer right there. Yeah, it's like all these injuries, I got to come out of pocket for this? Or, you know, I got to pay a private insurance company who my insurance rates are going to go through the roof because I'm injured every goddamn week. Um, it, this is necessary. I'm, I'm glad to see it. We'll see how, how this entire thing plays out. Um, I mean, I'm sure the Fertitta's like, glad we got out of this shit now. So we yeah, they hopped out at the right time. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. They, they sold for $4 billion. You know, Rousey went down. McGregor is possible to go down again. They could be out of superstars. Titles changing hands. Fighters Brock Lesnar popped for steroids. John Jones popped for steroids. Damn. It's the perfect time to get out of this business. Uh, they can buy themselves an island. Yeah. <laughs> now, they'll hop right back into something else, trust me. Uh, they're working on that Raiders deal. They're, they're uh, always into something, I'm sure. But the UFC is no longer the problem. Uh, the Fighters Union, we'll see how it's, you know, how it's accepted and see how Dana White kind of meshes with the union. Because now, now you go, they need a union commissioner. And that guy has to deal with Dana White on the regular. And Dana likes making his own rules. True indeed. Um, so, yeah. we'll, we'll see who they choose. We'll see uh, how it affects booking fights. How it affects the training for the fight. We'll see if it gets w- rid of one of your pet peeves, which is short notice fights. Because that's yeah. not healthy for fighters. We'll, we'll see You know if the 10-day fights are a thing of the past. True. There's, there's, a, lot to, there's a lot to chew on as this thing uh, develops. I mean, still very early in the stages. They just announced they got like 1,000 followers on Twitter. Um probably more by the time that this show airs but uh yeah man it's 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 a necessary thing the ufc fucking needs it <laughs> i mean i just feel bad for these fighters man like as much work as they put in it, it's really difficult for them to uh you know continue to watch the fatitas and everybody else make billions of dollars and they're over there you know barely making eight thousand a fight working Crazy. side jobs exactly <laughs> to pay their bills um you touched on boxing a little bit and we saw andre ward this weekend and yeah. he was dominant, as we all expected. Um, to me, that fight did very little for him. I, I can't see anything off of that fight. I'm going to have to write predictions for his forthcoming fight. And I haven't seen anything really out of him in the past year that he's been back. I haven't seen him challenged. No. And I mean, this is the frustrating thing. A lot of people were watching the fight and saying, um, you know, Ward needs to knock this guy out, right? Ward doesn't knock people out. He only knocks out people that come to fight him. And the last person that came to fight him was Chad Dawson. And, I mean, the other guy he knocked out on BET, which nobody cares about. They should have been an amateur about. But um, the, whole, the whole thing is, is that Andre Ward gives you what he wants. He's not out here to impress you. He's out here to bank a few rounds and put in some work and make a lot of money fighting bums. That's always been the problem with boxing. But, you know, Alexander Brandon, I mean, he, he brought nothing to the table. Um, he was and, a warm body, a warm bar- body to spar against and get, you know, a couple dollars. Yeah. So it, for Andre Ward, it helps his bank account and it helps him stay conditioned for this fight against Kovalev in November. For fight fans, it did nothing for us because not only did Andre Ward not look terribly impressive against Brand, he just looked like Andre Ward. Sergey Kovalev didn't look that great against Chalemba, allowing that fight to go the distance. So it didn't give the general public anything to chew on heading into the November fight. So that becomes problematic when you're trying to sell a fight with two guys who don't fight on pay-per-view that didn't look incredibly impressive. Now, granted, I think this is going to be a phenomenal fight. 
a clash of styles where we will see if Andre Ward can neutralize Sergey Kovalev's power, and we can see how skilled Sergey Kovalev really is. But the casual fan, what, what do they what do they see out of Andre Ward to say? You know what? I need to buy his fight. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. They don't even have a promo package to put together <laughs> of highlights for him at this point. Like, what are you going to show stuff from three, four years ago? I, I don't yeah. know how you market this fight to the general public. And, you know, they're great fighters. He's a great fighter. But he's always been dull. Like, like chalk. Dull. And I, I, he has done nothing to better that perception. Like, my man, you signed with Rock Nation. Like, aren't they supposed to help with your persona? And give you a character and do some placements so maybe you can have some appeal. No. None of that. No. Oh, he was I mean, in the movie. He was in uh He was in Apollo. I Creed. mean Creed. So what? But the thing about again with Andre Ward, it's like you get what he's going to give you. And what he's going to give you is based on what his opponent does in the ring. And it just makes it really difficult. I mean, dude, I hate to draw the comparison, but it's very similar to Floyd Mayweather. It dude, it's not terribly exciting to watch in the ring. But if you if you have a keen eye to boxing, you know that this is a master boxer. Like he's not he's not even you know a minus. This is an A plus player. He he's easily one of the top. If he was more active, he'd probably be number one on everybody's pound for pound list. But he's not. So and Kovalev will be the litmus test to prove whether Andre Ward is that great. It's just hard as hell to sell that fight. I mean, I, like I'd like to know from our listeners how many of you guys are gonna not steal it. Watch like pay to yeah, watch. Yeah, hold this on. Fight. I was about to say, wait. You know, are they gonna stream it? Yeah, I am about stream it. No, I'm asking you. Like, I don't want to know about your fire stick. I don't like. I don't. I don't want to know if you watch. It. Like, if you had to pay for this fight, like a, I want to know how much you would pay for it, and b, would you pay for it, or would you like screw it and like live with it and watch it on HBO next week? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I I talked to my grandmother who loves boxing. She's watching on HBO. She's just gonna wait. See? She, there's like no urgency to watch it that night. Uh, and once again, if something crazy happens, Andre Ward gets knocked out by Kovalev or vice versa, it's going to be on Twitter in two seconds. Everyone's yep. going to see it. Everyone's going to see the highlights of it. So they've made no incentive of buying the fight. None whatsoever. No. I couldn't tell you who's on the undercard. Like, they better stack the undercard. They're not. I mean, think about this for a minute. This is a Rock Nation main events pay-per-view. This is not, there's no Golden Boy involved. There's no top rank involved. This is Rock Nation and main events. You're going to get a shitty undercard. <laughs> Just deal with it. It's not going to be great. I mean, I'm glad we don't have to pay for it. Um, I'm going to find a way to watch it. Um, I mean, you're going to be there, aren't you? It's not confirmed for here, is it? It's going to be here. They're okay, doing, hold on. They, yeah, I was about to say. Hey, let's, they're I'm not doing it. At, I mean, look, I've talked to enough people and writing these stories. I mean, it's not confirmed. Like, there's been some pushback from the Ward camp, but that fight's not going to Madison Square Garden. That's the only other site that they talked about. It'll be here at T-Mobile Arena. If they move it somewhere else, it's, I mean, shit, I don't think it really matters where they put it. Uh, I mean, Ward's, it's not going to be at Oracle. I mean, basketball season will be under full swing. It's not going to be... You don't want to put that in Oracle again. No, you. I mean, it's going to be a T-Mobile in Vegas. That shit. I'm interested to see how many tickets they sell, but it'll be here. Don't worry about it. You'll be. <laughs> we'll we'll be in the house then. 
How about Absolutely. that? And we'll watch it, and Shake Shack will be the highlight of my night. Of course. If people don't know. We're always talking about the Shake Shack. It's what we do. Uh, actually, we get Shake Shack next week. Shout out exactly. to, my, to Connor. I'm yep. hyped. I, I just remember that. But even beyond that, more boxing news. Manny Pacquiao, another person I know you just can't wait to see in November. He's coming back versus Jesse Vargas. We might get that fight. We might not. You know, talking about putting it overseas. Pacquiao wants the most money possible. No, it's here. It's here. It's confirmed. It's done. It's here in Vegas. Thomas and Mac. Oh, God, it was confirmed for Thomas and Mac. Oh, shit. They're, they're, okay. Media <laughs> food at the Thomas and Mac. I understand. We always talk about the media food at these places. They have the worst media spread ever. They mm. have, like, super generic hot dogs, like the super chunky ones. Yeah, that's Chips. True. Like, oh, it's not high-quality food. Nah, man. You can't look forward to that. I mean, look. So... Let's just let's let's talk about the the facts. The facts are Manny Pacquiao is, has announced his return. He will be fighting Jesse Vargas, who was the WBO welterweight champ. They will be fighting at the Thomas and Mac Arena in a fight that nobody gives a shit about. Manny Pacquiao has announced that he is coming back for money. We already know that this man made damn near a hundred million dollars, but he's so giving that he apparently has gave too much and needs to come back because he can't make enough money off a of politician's salary now. The problem I have with this... He made a buck I, 20 that Floyd fight. And here, here lies my problem. For a man to say that I can't live off my politician's salary and you just made $120 million, you can live for the rest of your life, my life, your kid's life, somebody else's kid's life. Donald, <laughs> like, you can live with that money. This, this, him coming back is pretty pathetic, if you ask me. I have no desire to see Manny Pacquiao fight Jesse Vargas. Granted, I will be there because that's my job. Correct. But as much criticism as Floyd Mayweather received for the opponents that he chose, like Marcos Maidana, who we'll talk about his fat ass in a minute, fat happy ass. Yo, he's cashed in. Right. But Mayweather fought Andre Berto. We were all disgusted. I gave Mayweather no passes for fighting Andre Berto in his last fight. But Manny Pacquiao fighting Jesse Vargas is pretty bad. It's worse. When, when Terrence Crawford is sitting right there, but I get it. And I said it last week. They want no part of Terrence Crawford for this fight. They need to figure out how they're going to train. Like, dude, Manny Pacquiao is hardly going to do any press for this fight. Think about that. He's going to be working at the Senate. He's training overseas in the Philippines. And Freddie's going to have to you know, go over to Manila to help him train. The, the marketing for this is going to be terrible. Now, let's add one more thing on top of this. This fight is scheduled for November 5th. November 19th is Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev. Correct. Who the hell is going to buy two boxing pay-per-views in three weeks? Now, in between that, I think there's a UFC pay-per-view as well. Dude. Usually. That's the one Ronda got knocked out at last year. Yeah. So, come. Man. I have, like... And then right it's before at the, the holidays? Like, yo, come on, yo. I'm trying to... It's at the Thomas and Mac. Listen, for you listeners out there who don't know anything about the Thomas and Mac, in Vegas, we have central locations that people go to fight. You have the MGM. Now you have T-Mobile. They're on the strip. Um, You have Mandalay Bay, Bay, which is a little bit further down the strip. These are our centralized locations. The hotels are right there. Everybody knows where they're at. Thomas and Mac is off the strip. Thomas and Mac, there's no hotels by it. It's just there. And it's not the greatest facility in the whole wide world either. There's, And on top of that, Nobody likes to go there. So this, like, this is a fight that's 
going to die a slow, brutal death because nobody cares. Nobody cares about the opponent. Nobody cares about Manny Pacquiao coming back because he feels like $120 million isn't enough. Can he knock out Jesse Vargas? Nobody cares. If he does, duh. If he does, that's what matters because they're just chasing one thing. And no one wants to say it because they don't want to you know, speak it into existence. They don't want the headache. They're chasing one thing, and that is a next May fight against Floyd Mayweather. Oh, of course. That is it. And a knockout puts him right back in play for that because then they can say he really was injured. Let's do it again, people, and sell people the jig all over again. And Floyd's been gone for, what, at that point, a year and a half. Manny, you build up the hype, and it sells just as much as the first one. And he takes that money, and he runs, and he'll be broken two years again. It won't sell as much as the first one. I don't, like, I don't care if Manny Pacquiao knocks out Jesse Vargas. It'll never do what the first fight did because the first fight left such a bad taste in so many people's mouths. Nobody's going to spend $100 to watch them fight again. Nobody. That should have to be regular pay-per-view prices. Granted, there'll be Even some impulse. Even so, they'll sell a, a ton of those. I mean, the, the fight would sell, right? Um, I, you know, I'm just really glad we haven't seen or heard anything from Floyd Mayweather. I, like, I'm, I'm really hoping he's staying retired. Like, no matter what Manny does, I hope Floyd was like, I don't care. I'm done. Like, I, I really want him to stay away from this. That'd be amazing. I just don't believe it. Well, we'll see how Pacquiao looks. Jesse Vargas has only lost one fight. Y'all listeners know how I feel about Jesse Vargas. I'm here to watch Jesse Vargas get knocked out. That's all I want to see. <laughs> that's, that's all I want to see. I'm, again, not, not saying a knock on the person. Like, if Jesse Vargas was listening to the show, he'd be pissed off right now. All the damn time he'd be pissed off. But I, I think he's a good dude. I just am not impressed with his skills in the ring. I'm, just, I'm not. I'm not. And I've watched Jesse Vargas for a long Like, back when Jesse was with Mayweather Promotions, I've watched Jesse fight for a long time. And I've never been impressed with him i was impressed when he beat Saddam ali i'll have to i'll say i was impressed with that performance but aside from that i ain't here to see it like i i have no you know dog in the fight with pacquiao and jesse vargas but Jesse vargas doesn't have a shot in hell to win this fight no nah, yeah no nah, nah. i mean no one's gonna pick him <laughs> to win that fight come on now unless pacquiao just like he's fat or something like because the senate is like just like fat by donna yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's talk about that. Fuck Manny Pacquiao. Fuck Jesse Vargas. Fuck that fight. Let's talk about the real story here. Marcos Maidana has a, officially announced his retirement, and he's no longer boxing. As if nobody knew that story was happening. No, listen. Maidana is the great story because Pacquiao has fought for, what, I'd say a good six years, major pay-per-views, stacking dough, and he's broke. Maidana fought two Major pay-per-views, and he has enough money to live like a king for the rest of his life. Something's hey, wrong there. Hey, he lives in Argentina. Well, shit. Manny lives in the Philippines. Philippines. In the Philippines? Um, I go to Philippines right now with $300. You won't see me for a month. That's it, a month? I probably wouldn't be back for a year. Um, <laughs> I'd make that money work. But, yeah, Marcos Mardana has retired. Um, no surprise. I mean, the dude just, he cashed out versus Floyd Mayweather. got two fights, not one. He got gifted. Two great fights. Um, two, two relic, like the first fight was, people were impressed. Second fight, not so much. You know who was impressed? Marcus Maidana with his bank account. He looked at that check. It's like, shit, I'm done. No reason to ever get punched in the face ever again for the rest of my life because I will never see this kind of dough again. 
Good for him. <laughs> Word. His pay was about to be cut in like not even half, like a tenth to fight anyone else. He was like, eh, nah, not worth it. Nah. And he just put that all away. He's chilling. He probably bought himself like a, a nice compound. He got he don't want for nothing. He's just chilling. And it was been great to see Pacquiao go the same route. But Pacquiao needs that dough. Too many people with their hands in a cookie jar. Um, Aram being one of them. Aram's going to milk him as long as he can. Well, you know what? Aram's kind of the loser in this situation. Like, and, and let me explain. Like, people are like, well, how's Aram losing in this? Look, Bob Aram has to, he's the promoter for this fight. He's going to have a hell of a time promoting Pacquiao Vargas. And he's got to pay Manny whatever Manny's pay is. Like, he'll make money. But it's just, there's a lot of headache going with this and a lot of hope that they fight Floyd Mayweather again. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it has to be a setup fight. Once again, as a promoter, you have to do what's best interest of the promotion. Not necessarily always the fighter. That's where, you know, discrepancies come into play. A lot of people are like, oh, you're a promoter. You promote this fighter. You do stuff for your fighter. Not really. You do stuff for your promotion. And the best thing for his promotion is either... Manny going and winning this fight and taking a Floyd fight in May, or in April, giving him to Crawford and building your next big cash cow money star. Either yeah. way, it's a setup fight for Manny to get slaughtered. He's just fattening him up. I just, again, my problem with this is, I mean, there's a debate right now because HBO does not want to do this fight on pay-per-view. They're like, we got our hands full with this shitty-ass Kovalev war fight that we got to try to sell <laughs> to people that don't watch boxing. Great, great fight. Nobody's going to buy it. Let's just be honest. But now they got to try to sell two pay-per-views. So I, I don't like it around. I mean, network television could be an option. Doubtful. Because how do you even secure that? With, with PBC running pretty much everything, this fight won't. Like, because no, here's the problem. Nobody's buying this fight. It's Manny Pacquiao who lost a ton of momentum against Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, like the Tim Bradley fight didn't sell well. That shit did like, what, 200,000? Yeah, that was horrible number. So what do you think Jesse Vargas is going to do? Like, how do you sell this to advertisers? How would you sell this to a network? How do you sell this to anybody? You got to have the network, you know, fall for the okie doke. They won't. Just be happy to get a pay-per-view caliber fight, quote-unquote. They won't. Because then on top of that, because then you say, if I'm the network, I say, all right, well, I need Packard to do, you know, he's got to do Tonight Show. He's got to show up on Trevor Noah. No, Pacquiao's busy with Senate. He got got political duties. He can't market the fight. You're going to give us Jesse Vargas? (laughs) Nah, I'm good. Like I'll pass on all <laughs> we're of out. We're we're out of this deal. It's a wrap. Exactly. Nothing's good. Gonna, like, if you're a boxing fan and you just want to watch Manny Pacquiao fight, like I love boxing. I don't give a shit about this fight. Yo, we say that a lot nowadays, though. Boxing's in. You know, it's it's doing better. It has the potential to do better, but it's still very flaky around the edges. There's no consistency in boxing. No, you For get every, a good, you know like, Thurman Porter. We get twelve stinkers. Yep, I mean, we just had Carl Frampton and Leo Santa Cruz in an excellent fight. Great fight. And now we're talking about Manny Pacquiao and goddamn Jesse Vargas. And Andre and, Ward running over someone I couldn't even pronounce his name three <laughs> weeks ago. But and then, I mean, who? and the other, only other thing we got is uh, this possible fight between Andre Berto and Danny Garcia that's been lingering around. Like, this, this shit disgusts me. I'm done talking about boxing. <laughs> Let's talk about something else. Yo, we got to switch over to wrestling then because tons of wrestling – uh, we won't take a break today if you guys don't notice because we're hype. We just want to go straight through. And next week's show is going to be crazy. I'm sure we're going to need like two breaks next week for the length of stuff that we have to talk about. So pro wrestling this week, another under, I can't say another, but an, an underwhelming week for the WWE. 
And yeah. SmackDown and Raw were just like, blah. I fell asleep on Raw. Like, if they're going to give me that product, I, I can't make it through the three-hour show. If it's like the first brand split show, cool. I was engaged for three hours. This one, I was like, ah, yo, I, I fell asleep. I had to watch it next day on Hulu. And then SmackDown was equally underwhelming. Where's John yeah. Cena? <laughs> Who knows? All right, so we'll talk about Raw first. Um, nothing big happened on Raw. I felt like this the show before the show because the go-home show was next week. So Which what might we- fall flat as well, which would be horrible. It's possible. So we didn't have nothing too great. Like We had Enzo and Cass basically call Jericho and Owens, which is a complete waste of Kevin Owens' talent. Like This is pissing me off. Horrible. Kevin- Horrible. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho being a tag team against Enzo and Kaz, which is what we're going to probably we're going to get this at SummerSlam. Thanks, guys. No, no thanks. But um, we had Kaz and Enzo basically call them Ernie and Bert, and then try to give some a gay joke. It's 2016, unnecessary. Um, and that and what else do we have? We had a terrible match with with Sasha Banks and Dana Brooke. I mean, it was the first really just it just looked bad, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, they they could have just ran a video package. Um, what else do we have? We had uh, uh, Braun Strowman with his stress match, which uh, which is Dr- cool. Like I I could watch that every week. Yeah, Jarrell Nelson just the dude was speechless. He had no words <laughs> for why he was just going to get ran over. I like that the Braun Strowman repackaging. He could use a manager. It's something we actually talked about in our group chat. You know, yeah. managers are you know just extinct at this point almost. There's a couple of valets, but no great managers. Uh, no. Paul Heyman doesn't, you know, count for me. No, he he's an agent. He's like one on one. He has one client. Yeah, um, uh, but like you know, just managers are a dying breed for the WWE, and they need it. A guy like Strowman would be great with a manager. Well, he could definitely use Dutch Mandel or Zeb Coulter for those who don't know who Dutch Mandel is. But that's who he could have used. But they ran him out of the building with a those terrible uh, Alberto Del Rio. Like they just ruined him. Yeah. He was great. He was a great man, a great mouthpiece. But and and yeah. you see what happens like for guys like Authors of Pain. They don't have to say two words in NXT. Mm-mm. Great He's manager, yeah. instant credibility. Paul Ellering, that's all you need. Um, what else do we had? Oh, we had Diddy. We had Diddy on Raw. Um, I thought I told you that we won't stop. Take that, take that. Look, it was so like, could you be more overt? with why you're on the show like promoting the bad boy reunion tour and then having to act like Mick Foley really gives a shit about French Montana and Faith like come on <laughs> and that, that, everybody yeah, cares about French Montana BX stand up I don't dude I've been covering hip hop for years I don't care about French Montana you can't <laughs> tell me that Mick Foley gives a shit about French Montana no he, he might be a fan of French nah stop it maybe Noelle Noelle looks like she gets down with the get down but Mick not so much I doubt <laughs> Um, and then oh, we had. Hold we, on, not to distract you. Wale came out with like a heel face freestyle. That, oh, yeah, that's all through Kaz. <laughs> yo, I was just like, oh, it's crazy. I saw it on Kaz's joint in the stash. And I was like, yo, he's dropping Finn Balor punchlines. I was like, I'm in. I was like, what, yeah. what a time to be alive. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we're diverting a little bit, but you see the WWE now has a page on ESPN. Exactly. Like, it's, it's crazy. Because, what, we were talking about this podcast two years ago and how there was such a void and it wasn't cool to like wrestling. And then now it's damn near pop culture. We we see Wale coming out with sneakers. We see LeBron wearing Undertaker and 
and Ultimate Warrior t-shirts. We had Kevin Love with the Stone Cold, you know, Flaming Skull Belt and the shirt at the finals. And now it's like, oh, now it's cool again. Puff yeah. is now doing the soundtrack on the video game. It's crazy that the whole wrestle rap movement and everything is just blowing up mainstream. When we started this podcast, it was like, yo, wait. Like, yo, you like wrestling? Oh, yeah, I like wrestling. We talk about wrestling at every UFC event. Yo, no one else. Yo, let's talk about this. Let's let's do it because this is what we like. And then now it's now it's popping. Yeah, everybody everybody loves it. It's not it's not everybody's dirty little secret anymore. Now now it's like acceptable, um, which makes it cool. But okay, back to Raw. <laughs> Diddy talked about Biggie's nuts. That was stupid. Um, we had Darren Young versus Titus O'Neil. I could go without it. I don't understand that feud. It's a pre-show thing, though. So okay, cool. That was stupid. Uh, the best things that we had on the show were the package for Randy Orton versus Brock Lesnar, which was very well done. And with Brock Lesnar saying, "I what do you say? I wake up, eat, and shit out other wrestlers. My opponents, I think he said. Yeah. When Brock says very few things, Brock is, is great. He's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, Paul Heyman talking about Randy Orton's the best surfer on the beach, but there's a shark. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> there, there was a lot of good stuff in that package. Um, I just wish there was some more packages around some of these feuds like Sasha Banks to Charlotte. I don't want to see them talk anymore. Um, Finn Balor's little promo wasn't bad either. You know, it, he doesn't it, I don't know. He doesn't bother me as much as he bothers some other people on the mic. I, I saw a lot of keep him off of the mic. And, but you know what? He's not bad. He's going to have to learn how to do it. He's going to have to become better. But he's not the worst. He's not Roman Reigns yet. Like he, he's cool. Like I can get through it. And, uh, you know, still Seth Rollins carries it on the mic, but. Finn is going to do his thing, man of little words, the demon's going to come out, and that's what's going to captivate people. Speaking of Roman Reigns, fuck. I don't mind that feud, by the way. I don't like the whole marriage angle, and that was kind of stupid. Dude. Um, the like, 18th wedding they've had. But I like that feud. Look, that Roman Reigns segment was so painful to watch. He is so bad when he tries to do comedy <laughs> like the, the the wedding the you know the pictures like i got what they were trying to do they were trying to build up the crowd to hate rusev so much that they won't boo roman reigns correct which is kind of working it but it, it kind of did because then roman comes out there and was like oh i'm your best man ha ha and i'm like dude you suck like you need, <laughs> you're awful on the mic like he's yo he is bad like it's like yo you're a champion like finn I'm telling you, Rollins, Finn, eventually KO, they're going to bury this dude. Like but, He's going to go from golden boy, chosen one, to buried. He He's barely staying afloat on the mid card right now. But it's it's interesting because, like, Roman Reigns is terrible with comedy. Seth Rollins isn't too great with comedy either. Like, what do you, what do you call him, Rambo Apocalypse? That was kind of corny. Um, but, you know, he's a better talker than Rowan. Dean Ambrose is kind of annoying when he does comedy. Yeah. Like when Dean Ambrose cuts a straight, no nonsense promo as more of a, a tweener character, he's great. But when he does comedy, not so much. So the three Shield members are not terribly great at promos, but Roman Reigns, goddamn, that was bad, really bad, yeah. really really bad. The best um, promos of his life have been believe in the Shield, and then that's it. When so he only bad. had to say that, he was all right. So I have to ask you, why was Daniel Bryan on this show? 
Oh, okay. So I've been defending the, okay, Randy Orton versus Brock Lesnar is the last bit of cross-promotion, and the brand's going to be completely split. But then they go do this dumb shit. I can't defend this. Are there two separate brands, or are there not two separate brands? Don't need him mingling with, I, I you know, Mick Foley and Stephanie. I, I don't need that. The competition should be between the wrestlers and which product is better. We don't need the general managers floating back and forth to hype stuff up and uh, competitive nature. No, just give me good matches. And yeah, Daniel I... Bryan is so much better in the CWC as a commentator than he is as a general manager on SmackDown. Yeah, and I agree with everything, but I need you to answer my question because I don't know. Why was Daniel Bryan on Raw? Because like, they're what? stupid and they want to just ruin. It's like, yo, Vince, don't kill the brand split, man. You're killing it already. Don't well, what kill did he it. do? What did what did like? He I'm didn't just, add anything to the show. There, there was nothing done. We ended up with a Rusev Cesaro main event that didn't need Daniel Bryan to lead into the match. And he did nothing. I don't know if they think people will tune in still just to see Daniel Bryan and yes, chant. That's very possible. It does not help in SmackDown right now either, though. Um, if the man's not wrestling, people aren't tuning in. It's just not solely for him. Um, I, I don't know why they did that. It was so unnecessary. Maybe he was just in the town for the night, and they're like, "Yo, you want to do something?" Like that was. If it wasn't for Roman Reigns being so pathetic, and then the the Golden Truth Scooby Doo thing, that would have been the worst worst use of Raw ever. But this, all in all, we can kind of wrap this up by saying Raw was pretty bad. And, pretty and bad. Just, no Sami Zayn. Mm-mm. No Finn, except for the video package. I mean, damn near no good wrestling. I, I don't know. I don't understand. It went from they focused right after the brand split on such good matches. Yeah, because they had to sell you to, to try to keep you hooked. Now it's like they got you. They don't care. We're yeah. going to go back to the old WWE and the old brand split and all the problems are going to surface. Torrible. Quickly. And it is going to fall apart again if they do it like that. Um, let's talk about SmackDown. Yeah, let's talk about it. Which was uh, really just Dean Ambrose and some other guys. Like, And you know what? Shout out to Dean. I'm not... Hating on Dean. Dean is carrying the show. The show that was supposed to be John Cena's show. You drafted him to SmackDown so people would tune in for John Cena so he can carry it. And the belt got on Ambrose, and Ambrose said, this is mine, and I'm running with it. Mm. I'm, there I'm was not... 45, 50 minutes of Ambrose. Yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't engaged. Like... Again, I need a Dean Ambrose heel turn. Like I've been, I've been screaming this forever. Like him as a face is whatever. Like I love the end of it with you know him and Ziggler teaming, and then you know Ziggler's trying to be all nice and hold it up, and then boom, dirty deeds. He's yeah, just like yo, I'm not. <laughs> he doesn't play the the face role very well. He's just like, nope, don't don't get too comfortable. I'm still Ambrose. Like you don't know face heel. He's he's a tweener, and he did it, and people cheered it. Because people love that aspect. People want Dean to be ruthless. Yeah. And I, you know what? I can't even talk about because I haven't watched the, the, um, the Stone Cold podcast yet. But I heard it was weird. But Oh, their, have... their dynamic is horrible. They had no chemistry. Um, Stone Cold made it weird at times. And, and Dean just tried to be like real sarcastic and smart. Dean is Dean. Uh, you know, this lunatic fringe is what they call it. Ambrose is Ambrose. He's, that's not a character. This is who he is. You know, Moxley was Moxley. Like, it's, it's the same guy. He's fluffed it up a bit for PG-13, or excuse me, PG era, but that's it. Like, he is he is what you get. 
so the interview was very weird. Um, mm-hmm. Stone Cold's not my favorite as far as, you know, being, I, I guess, a host for these interviews. I, I think he's kind of awkward in a lot of them. But it didn't help that Ambrose was awkward with him as well. Yeah, well, I've been, I've been, I have no incentive to. I'm gonna go back and watch it eventually, but um, I don't know why Jericho's isn't the podcast on the network. Well, because so much better. It it depends on you know what he's doing. Like when Jericho did the podcast on the show, I felt like it was kind of corny. Um, but his like podcast was, itself is actually really good. Well, not pod- more podcast. I was like, okay, the dope. Like this is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, the podcast, like, he does a good job, but I don't think it's built for a WWE audience. Like, because there's a whole lot of breaking kayfabe throughout the entire thing. Oh, yes. And, Talk. you know, like, when they do, the, the, one of the best shows, if anybody has a chance to listen, is go back to listen to the one with Cody Rhodes and Xavier Woods. <laughs> like, that one was really good because those two guys have a history together dating back to high school competing against one, each, one another. And that was on, but I don't think they do that on the network. Um Anyway, back to SmackDown. Uh, glaring hole in the tag team division. American Alpha wins against some bums. And then... Yo, who like, were those bums? They squashed the bums so bad. But, but they were the, the bums were no worse than the Ascension, the Hype Brothers, and the Vaude Villains. Hey, don't you badmouth the Hype Bros. I'm badmouthing the Hype Bros. That, dude, come on, man. Like, you know they don't get hype. They stay hype. Cut it, I mean, cut it out. Like, who does American Alpha feud with? A legit feud. Um, no, there's no legit feud. And there was a mention of adding tag team titles for SmackDown and like each promotion having their own championships, and my head was just hurting off of that. I was like, yo, who's gonna hold the belt? Yo, even Marie's gonna be champion without wrestling. My projection is going to come true. She's not gonna wrestle a minute, she's gonna small package someone and win the title. Like, this goes back to me saying oh, back when they first thought about the brand split that the tag team champion should have been on one show and the women should have been on the other. Tag team champion should have been on SmackDown and the tag team division should have been on SmackDown while the women's division should have been on Raw. I have no idea why they have gone the other way with this because all we're seeing is how much of a discrepancy there is between the top and everybody else. Yeah. American Alpha? And I know they're Bunker, trying to get like those people shine. And they want to kind of force the stardom out of these people. Becky work. Lynch. Force her to be the top woman, woman in a company, finally. You know, Eva Marie, it's time to sink or swim. Like, they're trying to get these lower-tier women. You know, Natalia, be the heel, the major heel of the promotion. And it's just, it's not happening. Sometimes you, know you, you don't got it. Well, you know why it doesn't work is because we're not stupid. We just saw them two weeks before the brand split doing nothing. So it's hard for me to say, oh, well, look, the Ascension, they're threats to be attacked team when they were jobbing out on superstars. Correct. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, my, it's my major gripe against Dolph Ziggler getting a title match at SummerSlam. It's like, well, yo, is he going to win? He was just jobbing to everyone. He lost was, to Baron Corbin. Yeah, I mean, but with Dolph, at least he had a flash of brilliance. Like, at least he... At no, least he he's Darren, been a champion. He lost to Baron Corbin. Two, a month I, and a half ago, he lost to Baron Corbin. Dude, I, I, I agree. But <laughs> I, I, get, I get what Where's you're Apollo saying. Where's Apollo Crews? I, I, this just pops into my mind. What the hell happened to Apollo? He's going to fight for the IC title. Was he on Knicks. SmackDown, though? He had a video package, I think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember him. It, it's that bad. He damn near might win the belt, and I didn't even remember seeing him. 
But that, that's my point. It's like you can't – we won't forget what these guys were before the brand slip unless you repackage them totally. Like Braun Strowman, you have to repackage. Like, and it's these good guys, repackaging, which is yeah, it's like normal. You can't just trot them out there as what they were when we last saw them. When we see the Ascension, we're like, they suck. I remember they suck. So when they surround the ring with the hype bros and the vaude villains, you're like, they all suck. Uh, the American Alpha has no competition. Yo, and what is Bray doing right now? Like, what's his role? He has no match at SummerSlam? Because it's not a three-way title match, and he's just been haunting Ziggler. So what, what are you doing with Bray? He's supposed to be one of the guys that's supposed to shine in this and be, you know, title caliber, top-of-the-card type of guy. And they're wasting him to what? Tag team matches? To enhance the belt? Or, you know, the future championship matchup like i don't know what the hell they're doing with bray instead of just giving him a match on the card his own feud it's it's bad it's and you know you go from the tag team division you see some of these guys and you look at the women right yes charlotte and sasha banks are the top feud and raw we're all excited to see what they're going to do with SummerSlam. then what because now all the other women are on smackdown well nia Jax. she's not ready and she's gonna get she's gonna get rushed into a feud that she's not ready for. Yeah, she's gonna get rushed into the Sasha feud. Right. So it's like so Nia Jax, Charlotte, Sasha Banks. Because then what happens to Charlotte? Does she just disappear? That's not right. No, Sasha's isn't Paige there too? She's hurt. Oh shit. Who's left? Um, I don't know if they drafted another woman. <laughs> exactly. This is my problem. Why couldn't you just take the rest of the women, put them on Raw? Because we haven't even seen Naomi yet. We haven't seen like all we we've got a we had Carmella beating Natalia on SmackDown, so it would have meant something if there was something to work for like the women's title, but it's not there. It's it's bad. Like it was I'm, poorly thought out. Like this this brand split is going to be the death of them. They're gonna have to. They're gonna. They might abandon ship in a year, if, unless they figure something out. So well, unless you know they just funnel NXT talent up so fast. It's, that it, it actually makes both brands worth watching. It, it won't because SmackDown, you have to reshuffle the deck because SmackDown is the B team. But they reshuffle it, it every year. But I mean, you I'm talking about a, you could take a mulligan on this one. I'm just saying, like you gotta, like you have to. I don't even know what you have to do. My bad. That's what you got. My bad. <laughs> Make a trade. Uh, I mean, the, oh yeah, yeah, a trade has to come. Maybe you know, trade Owens. Trade Zayn. Owens. You know, have. Have a match, you know. Loser leaves Raw. You know, like do, said, do, do something dope to get talent to the other side. Bring up it, all your NXT talent as an NXT six, like the former SmackDown six, and just bring them all the SmackDown. It's dude. It's it's it, it's really simple Invasion that you just angle? say like you do something. No, it's really. I mean, you just move the tag teams to SmackDown and the women to Raw. Like that's that's part of the issue. Then you take. Owens and Cesaro and put them on SmackDown. Yep. Because Owens needs to be feuding with AJ Styles. That needs to happen. Owens does not need to be feuding with Enzo. That doesn't need to happen. Styles, give me, you know, Ambrose for the title with Kevin Owens. Anything. That just Cesaro yeah. Styles would be great. It's a, this, they got the possibilities on SmackDown. They got a lot of work, so they got to figure it out. So, all right, fuck Raw, fuck SmackDown. This, this is this is Andreas's fuck week because I don't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> uh, not nah, and the next Until week we gotta care about all this shit. But um, now, now we'll talk about what I do care about. All right, let's go into NXT first before we get you too hyped. 
Mm. NXT right. this week, uh, a lot of people weren't feeling it. They, you know, talk of the brand just, you know, just watering down and re- regressing. I don't think so. They're going at the same pace. If not, they have more depth than they had even a year ago. A year ago, Kevin Owens just left. Finn was the only guy left. Uh, Atami was hurt. Joe was just now getting introduced, I believe. Um, every It was Finn, and that's it. No American Alpha last year at this time. The ladies, Sasha Banks had just gone up in the uh, women's angle with Charlotte and everyone. It was just Bailey being left down. So we had no clue what was going to happen to NXT. Last year, everyone thought they were, you know, ravaged then. And then, whoop, reloaded. Uh, so I have complete faith in the brand. You know, the ending of it was great. Nakamura versus Joe is going to be a great match at TakeOver. Maybe the match of the weekend. American Alpha, I believe, is still wrestling at TakeOver. They're going to do Ooh. double. The Arthur's of Pain. Whatever. Again, um, I just like seeing American Alpha. But we have uh, Johnny Wrestling. With Champa versus the Revival, that should be a great match. You oh, want to see gonna technical? Be, that's yeah. going to be a technical tag team match. That's going to be a, a sneaky good match. Like yeah. if that opens the show, it's going to be great. Okay, so Oscar Bailey, Oscar could finally wrestle someone that can go. Do you understand right. this? Like no one has been able to go with her yet. No, no. Um, uh, so I, I can't agree with you on, on NXT. Like I don't know if NXT is going to be all right. And there's two reasons. One, they peaked with last year. Because everything that you just mentioned was like the best of the best. That was like the LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade draft class. Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe. Uh, I mean, they brought Finn Balor. Like, they all came in as the best of the best. There's really nobody left that's going to bring in that kind of, oh, shit. There's, who's out there that's that big? I mean, like, you, you have to bring in, you know, the Ricochets. Ricochet will never do, be as big as Kevin Owens. Like, Kevin Owens was the shit in the indie scene. Like, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a collection of guys to bring in the NXT that are that important. I mean, I would love a a Ricochet, Briscoes, um, Omega Bucks recruiting class. Yeah, that's not happening. Okay, but that's what everyone told me last year. And Nakamura and AJ Styles. And, you know, then we get TNA just gets raided for Aries and Rude. And you look at the names, and you're just like, what? Yeah, that, I mean, that was a one-time thing through New Japan. Like, you're talking about, like, the Bucks, who, if they were going to be Signed a one-year deal. Yeah, but we got, we're, we're talking about the Bucks, you know. We're talking about guys who don't fit in. Like, they could be there, but they could also get ruined in WWE. They we could, about that but before. you don't know until you sign. But none of and the names And they just got you- injured, and it's just like, yo, now or never, right? None of the names that you mentioned are as big as Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and Finn Balor. None of them. No, not as big, but they're pretty damn big. I mean, they're they're not. The Briscoes as a tag team would be a great tag team to add. Not that big. Not Kevin. Kevin Steen was bigger than just about everybody. Finn Balor ran the Bullet Club in New Japan when the Bullet Club actually meant something. Like Kenny Omega can't bring that clout. No, no. But, I mean, that New Day feud would be just top-notch. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like, I'm just uh, – like, I'm saying that 
NXT is peaked. Like we've, I think we've seen the best of NXT. And here's the, and here's the other reason why. Not you know what? Because- you know how I know that's not true? Because Triple H went and created something called the Cruiserweight Classic. And instead of putting that tournament just on NXT, which he could have done, just put that tournament on NXT and have the finals at TakeOver, everyone would have said it's the greatest shit ever. But instead, he made his own secondary brand. And he just did it again. And he just shows that he can create brands from the ground up. And that's the best wrestling in the company. The same thing we said about NXT last summer. So he could have just did that to re... Just, yo, we're going to re-up NXT. And we're going to make NXT the hottest shit ever. Again. And this summer might have been bigger than last summer because of the Cruiserweight Classic. Could have just been part of NXT. Nope. But he didn't. So there's always a new idea. There's always more talent. Nope. No. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna disagree with you. If he wanted to be selfish, he could have done it, and we would have said NXT is the best shit ever. Nope. I'm. I'm just going to categorically disagree with you. NXT will never be as big as it was in the past year, because there's there's like I said, it's, it was a phenomenon. Like it came at the right time. Indie wrestling was peaking, and the biggest names came to WWE. It, it was it was shocking. Because we didn't never expect this. If guys come to NXT now, it's expected. There's no shock in seeing these guys come to NXT anymore. On top of that, like, granted, this takeover looks really looks pretty good, but you can't tell me it looks as good as Brooklyn did last year. Like, you can't tell me that the last few takeovers, like, take like not that takeover has been bad. I was gonna say I haven't really seen a bad takeover yet. But it's never been bad. But the fact is, is that the talent, there was a lot more talent. Like, we be honest, Nakamura's not going to be in NXT much longer. No, neither should Joe. But, and there, and there lies my other issue why it won't ever get as big as it was. Because they did this brand split, now there's a need for talent. So NXT won't be allowed to bubble like it did last year. When Everyone's it was able been to... on, like, what, a two-year plan in NXT, pretty much? Has been, right. uh, but you can only... You can only get so many people before you're crowded, right? Yeah. And they and they were crowded, and then they figured it out. But now it's like these guys aren't as big. Like, you know, I love Austin Aries, but is he really being utilized right in NXT? No, not at all. Like, Bobby Roode, we'll see what happens. Eric Young, I don't know what the hell that was. He's already gone. We haven't seen him since. Like, it's just going to be hard to top what it was, right? Because, like, look at look at the future of the women's division. Granted, Ember Moon is coming, Athena from the indie scene in Shimmer. But if Bailey's no longer there and it's Asuka and Ember Moon, then what? Billy Joe? At this time last year, we had Becky Lynch, Bailey, Charlotte, and Sasha Banks. That's it. We it's, only had four. So you, you got two Asuka, Ember Moon, and then you just keep it moving. You, you only got. But, uh, but I'm that's saying. That's not is, like it's a crazy far off. You've named four women, but they it only is. need two more. But but, but that my point is is that it's not it's never gonna be as big as it was with those four. It's not just because it's it, not new and shiny. That's I hate that. I hate when people say, "Oh, it's no one's ever gonna be as good as Jordan." Like, how do you know? Well, how nobody, do you know? Like, it's it's cool because it was new and shiny and domination and just seeing greatness firsthand. Cool, but it could get better. Do you can you tell me a good conscience that the UFC will be as big as it was the past two years with Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor? No, but I, I couldn't I wouldn't you know when but that's Le, my- when Liddell and all of them left and Rampage and all those guys were at their height 
and it was 2006, 2007, and guys started doing movies, and the light heavyweight division was at its peak, and people really started tuning into UFC, and it became something different than just a tournament, and all that stuff people remembered. Hell, before then, I thought UFC was just on Friends. Like, on the real, like, so it grew, and it was like, man, we might never see this again. And then it was just GSP, maybe Anderson Silva, but he didn't even take off yet. Yeah, but the they UFC were like, "Yo, didn't... we may they may never have stars." Dana White said, "Women will never compete in my octagon," and then it blew up. Right, so and why did the women's division things? blow up? <laughs> because of Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Yeah, so you can't see stars. You can't predict stars. You can't say who's going to be the next what. No, you can't predict stars, but you can predict momentum. And what NXT is losing is momentum because of the brand split. It doesn't the have top... to be a peak, though. It could be a roller coaster. Like, yeah. it could go down and up. down and, like, No, 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 It no. hasn't been around long enough to track trajectory. No. That, but that's my point. Their trajectory started with this influx of the top indie talent. This They didn't bring in, like, they brought in indie talent that's been middling in the indie scene for years. Like, we're not talking about guys that were in the indie scene for a couple years. Kevin Steen was on the indie scene for what felt like forever. Good decade, right? Like, yes. Like, AJ Styles, nobody thought he would ever get a chance. That's what I'm saying. Like, the the, the old shit moment is taken off of it. Not, I'm not saying NXT is going to be bad, but I think it peaked. And, the, and I think the need on the main roster for some of these guys, which is why Apollo Crews should have never been brought up to the main roster. But when you do a brand split and when you have a need for talent, and as we see, it's going to be the needs going to get bigger over the next few weeks and months. NXT is not going to get the opportunity to establish itself like it did the last year. Well, I'll tell you what I said on the Gully. I was on a, a guest host on the Gully Blanchard podcast yesterday. Uh, shout out to everybody over there. Um, and it was dope. And we talked pro wrestling. Uh, you guys check that out online. I think I retweeted. Uh, make sure you check that out. And it was a good hour worth of wrestling talk. And I, I said something which, once again, people would be like, oh, it's a goddamn Mikel moment. But I said Vince McMahon, when it's all said and done, and he, you know, he passes away and someone writes a memoir, people are going to really see how smart he's been and how much he's responsible for things that he lets other people take credit for because no one wants Vince McMahon to be the messenger. It's just so much more fun hating Vince McMahon. So Vince, if anything, has always seen the next wave. Always. Comic book character guys in the late 80s. The shift in which he knew the Attitude Era is the only thing that could really save the company. And what I said on that show was Vince knew that people didn't want to see it from Vince McMahon. If Vince McMahon would have suggested the Attitude Era and the change and just forced it on the people, they would have hated it. Kind of like we see in Roman Reigns. So he needed a mouthpiece. He needed Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold came and that whole angle and they worked it into the angle and he beat the hell out of McMahon. But those are all McMahon's thoughts. He saw the change before it happened. He had it planned. And what was shocking, it was the goddamn Mikel moment to many people, but I stick, I stick by it. And hopefully one day we see if it's true or not. But my crazy like harebrained theory is that CM Punk's pipe bomb that everyone loves and that people say, you know, they credit with it bringing the indies to WWE. I think Vince saw where his next stars were. I, I think Vince knew my stars aren't these people that were building. They're not the Rybacks. You know, I'm, a chill, I'm still trying to do that at my core a little bit. But he saw that people were middling in the indies for eight years, ten years. Daniel Bryan was already in. He wanted to grab the Tyler Blacks. 
the Moxleys, all these guys who are going to lead the future. But if he would have said, these indie guys are my guys, people would have hated it. They would not have followed. They would have shunned those guys. So he needed a mouthpiece. So he needed CM Punk. He needed the pipe bomb. You think Vince just let that pipe bomb go and there's no repercussions? If Vince wasn't in on it? Say what you want about Punk. He didn't have an open mic for no reason. Vince said name drop ROH. Name drop the indies. What people thought were shocking. Go ahead, Punk. Name drop where you came from. Because guess what? I want people to watch that in 2011. I want people to watch that. I want them to watch New Japan and ROH. Because I know five years from now, those are where my stars are coming from. I want them to think that's taboo. And that's a fan base that we need to build. You know what? That's anti-Vince. Just like Austin was anti-Vince. Bring it to the popular culture because you're anti-me. And they will follow you. So in five years, I know where my stars are. And people will love them. And And I think... Triple H is now that next person for Vince. You know what? If Vince was like, oh, I want to bring Cruiserweights back, blah, blah, blah. Vince, you're, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, women need to actually wrestle again. Vince, what are you talking about? Bra and panties matches. Vince, this is what you do. But Trips can say it. H can suggest all this stuff. And now it's underground again. Now it's cool. Now it's a Divas Revolution. And it's a Cruiserweight Classic. Because it's very cool as long as it doesn't come from Vince. And Vince has known this from the get-go. He's always found a different mouthpiece. He's always found someone else to push his agenda because it ain't cool if it's coming from the boss man. And he'll do it again. You gave Vince way too much credit. I I think a lot of people will say that. I hope at the end it all comes out and what he actually did for this sport. And the foresight is something I'll give him credit without really, really knowing. I wish I could sit down and pick the man's brain. Because yeah. I believe that he has that foresight. Everything I, his track record claims that he does. I don't. I I 100% disagree with you. Every A lot of people will. Because that's like saying that the record label head is responsible for the signing of the artist and not giving enough credit to the A&Rs and the people that work behind the scenes. No, 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 definitely. I mean, but, but he, this, he's a great he, user of people. I'm not saying that you know he cultivated the indie stars. No, the indies were blowing up and he knew that these guys were going to be the head of his company he didn't, and show Vince light didn't on know shit. Vince didn't know. I, I can I can almost guarantee you that Vince never saw Kevin Owens wrestle. Uh, I would I would, I'm waiting for the day Vince passes away and we learn the dirty secrets in the background. And I don't how think much the, he knew I and don't the think, foresight a man could have. Dude, I don't think one of his dirty secrets was that he was watching Ring of Honor and PWG. So why was Punk allowed to drop it? <laughs> okay. Okay, they cut his mic off. That wasn't a word. No, 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 no. Right? It's a scripted promo, right? They gave Punk a mic and let him do his thing. Like, they, and that's not that's the writer's decision that Vince was like, all right, fine, let's see what happens. Like the cutting off of the mic, that was planned too. Of course. But. This wasn't Vince's 100% idea. So guys like Daniel Bryan weren't already in the works to come to the company? The Tyler Blacks, all this stuff? Vince wasn't already invading the indies? Was Vince invading the indies or were his talent scouts invading the indies? Does anything happen without McMahon's stamp of approval? Vince was invading the indies. This is his company top to bottom. There's not... You ask... That's one thing I know for sure. Nothing gets the green light until it goes through Vince. 
okay, but how much work do you think that takes to get the green light? Like, like what I'm saying is Vince is not going to be the visionary for the next five years. Like Vince isn't that guy anymore, as evidenced by on, on Raw when they're talking about dick jokes. That's Vince McMahon's thing. Vince, <laughs> so so Vince, Vince could take credit for the dick jokes, but no, no, not, it's being, not taking credit. It's not the, having incredible foresight. The track record proves this. Yeah. When we go back, because because wrestling, like the WWE, was never a, a, a wrestling company. It was always a sports entertainment company. The fans moved the needle and forced things to be different. Do you think Vince looked at Daniel Bryan and said that's going to be a superstar? Or do you think he looked at him and said, that motherfucker is too small? Same with CM Punk. Okay, I, I, I believe that the character of Vince McMahon that everyone no, no, no. has We're not, not talking portrayed. About the We're talking about Vince, Vince McMahon. We're not talking about the boss of Vince McMahon. We're talking about a man who is damn near 80 years old. Correct. Who gave us Hulk Hogan, yes. right? These indie stars, a lot of them were made before they came to WWE. 100% agree. And on top of that, how many people, like, if you want to give Vince credit for making people, how many wrestlers has he ruined in the process? Okay, I'm not giving him credit for making people. I'm giving him credit for stealing people. And him recognizing in 2011, I'm going to do exactly what I did in 1985, 86, and I'm going to steal ready-made talent. And these guys are going to be my stars. Like, all right, you're talking about like the territory era. Like, we're not. We're talking about the like we're talking about the indie scene. Now. The indie it's, scene, yeah. I, I think but, he saw it. It was like, yo, Seth Rollins is going to be my champion. I don't think Tyler he ever Black. Saw it. I thought. I think I, this is my personal opinion. I could be 100 percent wrong. I, could I think be 100% Vince. Wrong. I think Vince saw the Shield and as saw Reigns and just yes, didn't see anything in Seth and Rollins. Lucked into everything else. Yes. So who is that person? If it's not Vince, it's to my knowledge and what everyone says, Vince greenlights everything. Who is the person that has enough pull with Vincent K. McMahon to say, trust me, we're having a match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, two beastly ass people. And we want Tyler Black, Seth Rollins to run in and carry this title for a year. Who has that much pull? The fans. Like you, like you have to, like you have to look at it like this. All right, that's, Vince that's doesn't old. like the reason we got Ryback is because that's a Vince guy. Of course, like that, that's a Vince guy. Vince is still gonna try the stupidness. Don't don't like, get me wrong. Like the reason we are getting Roman Reigns, that's a Vince guy. Daniel Bryan is your perfect example of somebody who was getting buried on the roster until the fans made a difference, and then Vince had to listen to somebody else say, Vince. It won't stop fucking chanting, yes. Because I guarantee you that Vince didn't see anything wrong with Sheamus squashing Daniel Bryan in 10 seconds at WrestleMania that year. I guarantee you that he also didn't see a problem not having them in on WrestleMania the year before at all. Correct. But the fans forced his hand in this particular... In this era of social media and instant access to numbers and things of that nature... Like, you have to kind of listen to your fans, but Vince has shown that he's also been very stubborn, which is why we're still getting Roman Reigns. I don't <laughs> think there's any secret about, you know, I don't think Vince was like, ooh, I'm plotting on Kevin Owens, he's going to be our next big star. More so than it is Kevin Owens doing a great job, and then guys like Triple H and, you know, the guys behind, the team behind the scenes saying, dude, you, you can't stop this momentum. Like, Austin wasn't, necess- Austin wasn't a Vince-made guy. 
No, not like, at all. I mean, no, but do you know who the Vince made guy was? The ringmaster was the Vince <laughs> made guy. Like Austin, the character was needed. Once again, the character was there. Austin was Austin. Like to me, that wasn't an act. Like that's his personality. They just let Austin be Austin. Now the stuff that Austin did pushed the agenda of Vince McMahon. I don't think he had that agenda. I think he fell into an agenda. The beat the hell out of me, you know, let's just go middle fingers, uh, all this shit. Let's just go full attitude era, do whatever you want to your boss, because Stone Cold I, said so, blah, blah, blah. Like, come on. No, I, Middle I fingers think, to the camera, to everybody. I think the, the boss of Vince McMahon was a Vince McMahon idea because it was about Vince McMahon and everything else just kind of – and, like, I think Vince – me. He's I the luckiest Vince, man on earth then. I th- no, I think he has a dirty mind. Like, dude. Because he just falls into the best situations over and over and over again. Well, where it looks it? like his company should fade and burn and die. Somehow, he falls into another great situation. What he I'm saying is... He fell into Austin. He fell into Punk. He fell into what we now have with an Indian invasion. What I'm saying is, Vince's idea... The invasion. Let's talk about the original invasion. Flopped. Shitty. Ruined it. Vince's idea. What I'm saying is this company is almost too big to fail. And Vince McMahon has, has where everybody wants to go. It's like the NFL. Like, you know, Roger Goodell. And, like, you, you can't give all the credit to, to Vince McMahon. Like, you can't even anticipate that Vince McMahon is going to come up with the next big idea. Because Vince McMahon's going to see the next big idea and steal it. I believe I he's I going think, to steal Lucha Underground's whole swagger and Vince go legal, that way in three, three years. Vince is legally blind, so he don't see shit. So the foresight <laughs> for him to see that far ahead is going to come from somebody else. His best thing with Vince, because this is now a publicly traded company, is to hire the right people to do the job. Vince don't have any vision anymore. Vince is there. Does Vince he's, still have to rubber stamp everything? Sure he does, but who can talk well, him into it? Stephanie, Shane, Triple H. That's they, what I'm wondering. I need to can, find. I need to know who that person is. Then we, I just don't. We need to contact he, Meltzer or something, and just have a Meltzer episode or something one day. I don't even think Meltzer knows, but you know, he's the closest to knowing. I mean, I, I got okay. questions. I, I will. I will give this. Like, I won't talk too much about this, but me, you know, I've said it before. Like, I've talked to Jim Ross on quite a few occasions. Correct. And Jr. has given me some insight. A lot of this I cannot talk about because people will know it came from him. Yes. But Jim Ross has been complimentary of Vince McMahon in our conversation, but he's also said at the very same time that Vince is the most stubborn, hard-headed person in the world. Which I and, believe. And the, the, a lot of these gimmicks that you see that people are booing and don't get over, it's because of Vince. Like, he, he still has an old-school vision of what a top-tier wrestler should be until – like, that's why we got Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this year. That was a Vince thing. There was nobody else that was going for that but Vince McMahon. Everybody was against him. I believe it. But he wanted to prove his point, and he failed miserably. He has to have people that... I'm coerce. not saying he's bad in a thousand. You know, no, but, 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 but my point is, is that... Damn, he, he's hit on a couple. But he's not seeing these things that you think he's seeing. He doesn't see them. He sees them kind of late. He's like a culture vulture of sorts. Like the indie, <laughs> he like is. The, He's the ultimate culture vulture. But, <laughs> but the indie scene, like, like I said, that's why I said NXT won't be what it was. Because the indie scene, these guys were made men. Like these guys were, they came in with a following, with a base. Yes, my thing is, 
Okay, so take it back to your BET days. You saw early Drake. You mm-hmm. saw early Nikki. You saw early I, Kendrick. Yep. The BET people were dumb and said, like, nah, we're good on that. Give me Gucci. Right. All Until this stuff. What? Until to what? me, to me, Vince is smart enough to know, like, yo, I'm a culture vulture, these dudes. And in five years, they're going to be the biggest stars in this profession. And guess what? If someone would have listened to you, or someone would have had the foresight of a Vincent McMahon and said, you know what? Okay, put them on our station. I think MTV rocked with them. And then, boom, they exploded. And they were the next stars five years after. But they but, came with ready-made audiences. But you that's, knew that's, about them. Underground knew about them. They had audiences. They had followings. But when they hit the mainstream, label heads took credit for it. Now, now they could play it on radio. Now Kendrick gets point. spins. That's my point. Vince McMahon is like the guy at the top of the BET. That'll never work. That'll never work. That'll never work. Nah, That'll Vince McMahon's like the top of MTV or the Grammys. No, 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 no. Where no. 10 years ago, you ain't seeing rap on a Grammys. No, no, no. Now Kendrick can you know, beat King Kunta on the Grammys. You're giving Vince too much credit. Vince is the guy that pushes back. Like, Vince would be So he's not point. pushing forward. Like, no. He's still, like, that's why Triple H, like, if Triple H wasn't, Hunter Hearst Helmsley wasn't Paul Levesque, wasn't Stephanie McMahon's husband, he wouldn't be pushing these things through like he is today. There, there wouldn't be a guy that he could pull off the street that could be like, Vince, you should listen to these ideas. And they'd be like, yeah, sure, that's a good idea. Vince wouldn't hear any of that shit. So that marriage has effectively saved the WWE. Perhaps. Because it gave him a little bit more clout than anyone else has I mean, around you look, at, you look at the guys like Kevin Dunn that's been around him. Like, like you look at the, the, like the Paul Heymans. You look at the Jim Rosses. Like, these are the guys that spot talent. Like, I'll never get credit for what I saw at BET. And, if, and Stephen Hill would be like, yeah, these are our artists. But he never saw it. Vince didn't see it. Vince is so busy with the day-to-day operations of keeping the stock, stockholders happy. He's not watching the indies. He, he personally ain't seeing none of this shit. At a certain point, you go, I'll just take your word for it, Trips. <laughs> yeah. If it messes up, it's on you. Let me just blind stamp this. Exactly. Because and then CM, take credit for when it goes right. Because CM Punk didn't come into the WWE in a major role. He came in an ECW, ECW. as a face. He came, in a, he came in as a face, as a, as a fucking vanilla baby face, who had a forgettable title run when he won Money in the Bank the first time. And he lost it by circumstance when he got jumped by Legacy. Vince didn't see what Punk had until Punk got an opportunity with... As a guy. Well, he got an opportunity with the straightest society. He got an opportunity as a heel, making the heel turn that he did against Jeff Hardy. And then he showed what he had, and people reacted to it. But this wasn't Vince going, you know what, Punk, I see it in you. He didn't see none of that shit. No, but then he saw like, oh, yo, this guy's a star. He well, came from here. It's easy to I think more of my stars are coming late. here. But it's easy to see, like, it's everybody can see Drake's a star after So Far Gone came out. Who's responsible for seeing it before it came out? Okay, I understand. Listen, Vince McMahon lucked into the Drake-esque CM Punk. But he damn sure got the party next door, the weekend, the Bryson Tiller. He went and got all those kids. I'm, I'm just saying, like, Vince. That's what I'm saying. Like, he is a culture vulture. Like, but you got to give him a credit. He's a damn good culture vulture. I give him credit, but I just said you gave him too much credit. I give him credit. Like the WWE is here because of Vince McMahon. I give him credit for that. I won't take that away. But you're giving him too much credit. Like, I'm giving him still the same credit that I would have gave him in the 80s, that he still is yeah, right and sound of nope. mind, and mm-hmm. he can see these things. 
Mm-mm. At least, people, you know, when you have a good culture vulture mentality. No, he can people still get out spot of touch, the dude. talent. People get out of touch. I'm Vince not sure is, if he's there yet. He's stubborn. I, I'm he's pretty crazy. damn sure that Vince is out of touch. If Vince wasn't out of touch, we would... Like, some of these guys who took, like, Daniel Bryan, like, it took him forever to, to get a push. And we got when he robbed was, of, like, some of his greatest years. But when he was recognized, right? Like, if Vince, if Vince was really paying attention, he was recognized by Pro Wrestling Illustrated as the top wrestler for, like, three consecutive years. Correct. How can you miss this? Because Vince's vision is short-sighted. He's too small. And there it is right there. Like, these, the best wrestlers in the world have to prove themselves on the stage. They don't... Ride, the ridebacks are what Vince hands the keys to. And the people reject it. The Roman Reigns, he's somebody that came up through... Like, Vince still has a problem with guys who come up through other companies. He likes to make his own talent. Like, Baron Corbin sucks. I guarantee you that Vince's guy. I guarantee you. If Colin Cassidy gets a push, that's a Vince move. Colin, is, I mean, Cass, Big Cass kind of earned it. No, but what I'm saying is, as a singles wrestler... Vince would give him a push based on his size, not necessarily his ability. Like, Chris Benoit wasn't somebody that Vince made. Of course not. Came in ready-made. Dean Malenko. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was pilfered from WCW. Chris Jericho had one hell of a push, by the way. He he did have a phenomenal push. But a lot of these guys were coined as too small. I'm just not giving Vince all the credit. I don't think that NXT is ever going to be what it was last year. I I think there's hope. I, don't I think that. it could have another upturn. But you, you make a good point. Like, these guys, they've kind of rated the veteran indie wrestlers. Like, the huge following guys. It's like getting Dr. J from the ABA. Yeah. like, like they Dr. They, J would have been in the NBA if there wasn't an ABA, right? Correct. So that's my point. Like, you got the best of the best. You got the Kentas, you know, the, the people with, like, long-term knock. You got these guys with long-term, decade-long followings. Like, everybody else is going to be relatively new. Like, you're going to be rushing people through the system now. That's my point. All right. So, we, we're, like, way over on this show. <laughs> I yeah, want, like, real good quick. Good wrestling talk. Yeah. Real quick. CWC, Kota Bushi versus Cedric Alexander. Oh, what a fucking match. Possible match of the year. And that's, that's say, you know, I just caught up on a Gargano Ciampa from last week. And I was like, yo, that's my hell of a match. Well, I spoke too soon. Like, this match is... Up that the ante on that quickly. That dude, Abushi, like props to Cedric Alexander. Like I said before, I had a sneaky feeling at how good he was with that weight loss and just how he's performed. Dude, he looked like a million bucks against oh, Cody. Great. Like the facial great. expressions, like everything. There, I have this thing with Cedric Alexander. When I watch him in PWG, I like him, but I feel like his matches are too long and he tries to get like too much shit in. He got the right amount of shit in. Made Coda look like a million bucks and made him look just as damn good in the loss. You know that who he reminds me of now? He reminds me of ACH. He's better than ACH. With the, with the weight loss. But, you know, just. Yeah. He can now do that stuff. Yeah, but he, I mean, this, he, he's, he looked great. Um, but on the same side, like you're talking about match of the year. Uh, whoo, Tomohiro Ishii and, and Kazuka uh, Akata had a phenomenal match on G1 Climax. Great match. Dude, it's, 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 it's my match of the year right now. I need to go back. And I know you love Ishii. So that's, it's no well, surprise I, that you put this at number one. Well, it's not just because of that. It's because of the story that it told, right? 
Like for those for those who are still new to the G1 scene and just want to watch some really good wrestling, if you're gonna watch G1 Climax, go find Night 13 because it's the best night of G1 aside from Night One. And the the story between Okada and Ishii was that oh, first of all, Okada needed to win to close out the bracket. Like if he would have won, basically Tanahashi would have been finished. Ishii has just been the MVP of the tournament. Between him and Marufuji, they put on the best matches. But consistent, start, yeah, definitely consistently. The to, best matches. To start off with Ishii going for his finishers early and then playing into they, – they had callbacks to uh, um, some other matches that they've had. And then there was – I mean, there were so many near falls at a point that you were like, I don't think Ishii is going to win this match. And the finish, the reversal, like, dude. And the crowd was so into this match. The only other match, like a lot of people talk about AJ Styles and Nakamura, which I thought was a great match. But Tanahashi and Okada at Wrestle Kingdom was, at this point, was my match of the year. I need to go back and watch it now because of what five I Five star match. Um, it was rated five star match. I actually had it the second best match of the night uh, behind Styles and Nakamura. Yeah, I mean, Styles and Nakamura was, was the great. reversals, the, the way that they knew each other, that, that match was incredible. But um, they were close, though. I mean, that's. That's one hell of a one-two punch. Dude, this, this, the Ishii Okada match was great. And the Marafuji Tanahashi match was phenomenal as well. Marafuji, I'm telling you, I'm, I am becoming a fan. He, he's looked great. He, like, I need to he, go back and watch some of his other stuff. I mean, you might be disappointed because this, this is the best he's looked in a while. Damn, okay. Like, he's, he's looked excellent. This is definitely the old man match, though. So it's this like, is like a match that's like, yo, I wonder how these two would go like 10 years ago. It's like now we have like in a shitty wrestling week overall. We we got we got Abushi and Cedric Alexander, and we got Okada and Ishii in two of pro- probable top five matches of the year. When it, perhaps when it's all said and done, but G One Climax always gives us these matches. Well, that's what G One Climax is known for, and usually like this year's G One has been a, a notch down from the previous G ones, and in. Even the ring quality, the work has been great. It's like you kind of miss the Nakamura's and the AJ Styles in the tournament. It surpassed my expectations, though. I mean, but yeah, like when the talent got rated, a lot of people were really concerned about what, what they were going to do. Like Michael Elgin's looked great. You got guys like Shibata. Like Kenny Omega's kind of underwhelming in this tournament. I expected a lot more from him. But he's sliding but, through. He's, I mean, that B block is, is crazy. Yeah, no, it's an interesting... I don't know. Naito, I thought, was going to run away with it, but... Now there's like four guys at top, including Omega. It's yeah. I mean, the blocks are really interesting. I mean, Tanahashi, I told you, like he's making his comeback. Uh, and how did I don't know how he creeps over Okada though? He probably. I mean, he might. He probably won't. He's won this thing too many times. But uh, but you know, Tanahashi and Okada wrestle on the final night, which I guarantee you will be for for all the marbles. Because Okada, I'm just I'm watching this as I've been talking to you, and I just watched Okada lose the Battle of Folly. So who's always giving problems in matches, which means. Yeah, they're going to be in a dead heat heading into the final night, and they wrestle on the last night. What happens if Okada wins? Uh, I don't know. See, this is like this is what I always thought about G1. It's just like if he wins, he has to drop the title before Wrestle Kingdom. Because it's a six-month build. He's not going to wrestle himself. I mean, they. I mean, they could try to figure out something. It's for it's for it a seems, title shot. If I mean, he has the title, like, it's like eh. there's there's a lot of ways they can go with it. I don't know if he'll win. I mean, the B block's so crowded. I mean, Naito could could win this whole thing and get because the crowd is clearly behind Naito. He's like a heel that people just love to to watch wrestle. And it was a recent heel turn. Like I, I think that was one of their best decisions. 
Yeah, well, they had to. Like the the the. It was the right fix, after Wrestle Kingdom. Um, or no, right this before? was. This was um before because right he was before. he was a heel at <clears throat> Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Because yep. he came in because he started giving a fuck. Because he was a face <laughs> for so long, but he was like the Kurt Angle baby face that everybody hated. And his heel turn has just been excellent. What for him. they should have done with Roman Reigns. Well, yeah. This well, is, that's the perfect example. The Naito that, heel turn is exactly what should have been done with Roman Reigns. They tried for so long, and then they were finally like, okay, just, just be a heel. Go ahead, try it. And it took off. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. But to close out this week, if you haven't watched CWC yet, you're fucking up at life. Please watch Cedric Alexander and Kota Ibushi. Go to Night 13, the G1 Cloud. I mean, you should be watching a lot of this tournament, but find Ishii and Okada. And if you haven't watched any of the tournament, watch Marafuji and Okada. And Okada is the rainmaker, the, their heavyweight champion. And, and you know what? Okada will be here next week wrestling Dalton Castle at Ring of Honor. Yes, I know. And I'm so sad that I don't get to watch it. Uh, I'm sure you guys will give me an update on all of that. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll have to get like a stream or something to watch those. I have to coach a football game that night. Yeah. Uh, damn these Friday night ROH cards. Yeah, But I'll hear good. all about it when we go and we cover UFC 202. Until then, though, you guys know where to find us. It's on all social media platforms, the Cornet LSN. You can find me at Kel Dansby on all social media. Yeah, man, it's my name, damn it, Andreas Hill. If you find me, find me. And next week, we're going to have a packed show talking UFC 202, talking SummerSlam, uh, NXT Brooklyn, the end of the G1 Climax. Um, I'm sure some boxing news, some other craziness will just come out of the woodwork. And let's see if hip-hop gives us something to talk about as well. We might have to bring two shows for you guys next week. I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll keep you guys updated. But thanks for joining us this week. Till then, we're out. Peace. What up, everybody? This is Kel Dansby, one half of the Corner Podcast. And I'm here to tell you to check out the Las Vegas Fight Shop at the Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino right here in Las Vegas. Check it out. Whether you're here for a fight, for wrestling, for gambling, maybe you just want to hit the clubs like Floyd Mayweather. I don't know. Whatever your thing is, make sure you take a stop at the Las Vegas Fight Shop. They got everything. You need a gi for training? They got it. Need boxing gloves? They have it here. Just want some dope wrestling merch? They got it here. Check out my shirt collection. This is where I shop. Remember, the Las Vegas Fight Shop at the Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino. Next time you're in Vegas, check it out.